The Truth News Network. A political party is willing to crash an entire country just to get rid of one man. What are they so afraid of? And how come nobody's asking that question? Well, one man is. In the relentless pursuit of the truth, you've reached TNN. The Truth News Network. And here's the man asking the tough questions, Dan Newman. I've got some really tough questions to ask. I want to ask some tough questions of you today. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to TNN Live. (laughs) You thought I forgot it. Wake up. Come on, everybody, wake up. It's a new day. Hey there. Yeah, hump day at TNN Live. Thank you for being here. We've got a lot of questions to ask today, and we want to get every one of those questions answered. Let me just say this, give you a little preview of what's ahead. You're going to want to stick around. It's squeezing time, squeezing tighter on President Biden. And the squeezing is not happening from up above It's happening from below, and it has to do solely with the evil wrongdoing of the Biden family syndicate. Doors are closing in, and every day, every other day, some new big revelation just folds open and lets everybody see this guy, our president, has been for sale to the highest bidder for a long, long time. And guess who the highest bidder is in every case? China. I've got some stuff, blockbuster information for you. You're going to hear from the president himself talking about his own corruption. We're going to get into all of that. But let me just do this. Let me get you into it. The day after Valentine's Day, with a little song from my nephew, Des Duran. And based upon the way I'm talking to you this morning, you know I'm in a good mood. I am. Des, do it, my son. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel It's a new dawn, it's a new day It's a new life for me And I'm feeling Good I'm feeling so good Fish in the sea You know how I feel River running free I'm 
about what you just heard. Michael Buble did that song first, made it big nationally. I'm a little bit biased, I'll confess, but Des singing that song, Des Duran, you just heard the version from The Voice. He was a finalist on The Voice. Many people forget about that. Oh my gosh, Buble can't even touch that. And I'm a Michael Buble fan. So what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> Listen, life is not just about politi- political bad things that happened and government and all that kind of stuff. Thank goodness we don't have to live our lives immersed in nothing but government, government this, government that. But of course, what we as Americans want to do, we want to get our government doing stuff for us, listening to us, and governing for the whole of the nation, rather than just governing for governing itself. And I'm sad to say, got proof today, that our president is governing for him, his family, his extended circle. And every single day, something new in the way of evidence comes out that just verifies President Biden way before he was President Biden. Everything he is all about, every title he's ever had, every office he's ever held, he's for sale. And the big stories today are about who's buying. It starts right here. A second university, U.S. university, 
has been found to have received more than $6.7 million in anonymous donations from China, including direct funding from the Chinese government. And that all began after Joe Biden set up a program there in his name. That's according to a Government Accountability Institute analysis. This is not Republicans going after the president. G-A-I. His own government. The revelation comes following reporting that anonymous China-linked funds flowing to the University of Pennsylvania almost tripled after the inauguration of the Pine, excuse me, Penn Biden Center, which illegally housed classified documents. So let's look back and trace the facts of this issue now. A new one. March 13th, 2017. That's less than seven weeks after concluding his second term as VP. Joe Biden announced the founding of the Biden Institute as his home state University of Delaware. Now, according to his announcement, Part of Biden's vision for the Institute is an annual conference at University of Delaware similar to the World Economic Forum or the Aspen Institute. At the beginning of that announcement at University of Delaware, a bunch of members of the Biden family were working on deals worth millions of dollars with foreign businessmen linked to the highest level of Chinese intelligence. Biden's other university program at the University of Pennsylvania was apparently housing classified documents from the Obama-Biden administration in an improper way. Now, all of this information is in the public view. You just got to find it. It's there. So prior to hosting the Native Sons Institute, University of Delaware, had never disclosed not a dollar, not a dime in funding from China. One year later, and just two months after the Penn Biden Center opened its D.C. office, anonymous donations from China to University of Delaware skyrocketed. Listen to the numbers of dollars in these grants. The first grant, First payment came in April of 2018, $3,204,070 from an anonymous donor in China. In December 2018, another anonymous donation from China showed up for $1.869 million, a third anonymous China link payment for $624,904, arrived in December of 2019. In 2020, the year that Biden was campaigning for president, you remember? Anonymous Chinese state-linked entity sent three more payments, totaling $1,005,761 to University of Delaware, the bulk of which arrived after Biden had been declared the president-elect. Let's dig a little deeper. Three of these donations from China with a combined total of 
$5,761 were reported as coming from a, this is the correct title, foreign government source. Now, that's according to the U.S. Department of Education. Their records assembled from information reported to the DOE by the University of Delaware. Should be noted that, according to available records, none of the donations from China to the University of Pennsylvania following the creation of the Penn Biden Center appear to have been reported to the DOE as coming from a foreign government source. That is a fact that led at least one fact checker to conclude that the Penn Biden Center was being unfairly labeled as China funded because the influx of funding from China to UPenn following the establishment was not given this DOE identifier. But three donations originating from China to the University of Delaware in the years following the launch of that Biden Institute clearly bear the foreign government source identifier. The actual record, DOE record, filed for this identifier asks, is this funding from a government? For these three donations, the answer supplied by the University of Delaware is yes, Neither the Biden Institute nor the University of Delaware have responded to media requests to identify the Chinese donors or to explain why the Chinese government decided, hey, let's write a check to University of Delaware. And they waited to do it, of course, until after the Biden Institute was created. Now, maybe the most mysterious aspect of the Biden Institute itself is how it was created. The initial deal for Biden Institute at University of Delaware was apparently hatched by Hunter Biden while the elder Biden was still vice president. Now, why why would Hunter Biden want to put together a grant program for the state university where he lived at that time, University of Maryland? Just all of a sudden, in March of 2016, Hunter met with University of Delaware's incoming president, Dr. Dennis Asanis, as Hunter and his business associates were making plans to create a stage, that's a word they used, a stage to promote the Biden brand. And emails from Hunter's laptop show that. Other emails on the laptop show that Hunter and his business associates were concerned about boosting Joe's future earnings potential while Joe was still vice president. A month after meeting with Delaware's president, Hunter talked about plans for both the Biden Institute at University of Delaware and the Biden Center at UPenn with a talent agent named Craig Gehring. Gehring's confidential notes show plans for Hunter to serve in some capacity at the Biden Penn Center, where classified documents were recently found to be stored illegally, by the way. Gehring noted the Biden academic ventures could operate like the Clinton Global Initiative without the money raised. 
The Clinton Global Initiative, GAI, previously reported, served as a way to enrich the Clinton Family Foundation, and they did it by brokering access to Hillary State Department. The Clintons had to raise their own money for their initiative, prompting the question of how the Biden programs would work without the money raise. Chinese government funding could be at least part of the answer. Gehring's closing thoughts to Hunter regarding the Biden academic ventures show that they would be primarily about wealth creation for the entire Biden family. These ventures began as the Biden family was personally collecting large amounts of money, ultimately $31 million, all coming from deals linked to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence, and as Hunter was paying for his father's bill, a potential crime while Joe Biden served as vice president of the United States. Multiple members of the Biden family also appear to have been part of this planning of the Biden Institute. University of Delaware has long held troves of Biden Senate records, more than 1,800 boxes, and has stymied public request again and again and again to view those records. In June of last year, one judge rebuked University of Delaware for its lack of transparency. It's not known what documents, classified or otherwise, the Biden Institute at University of Delaware may have been housing from Biden's vice presidency, which brings up a thought to me. 18,000 boxes of Biden records stored at University of Delaware. 1,800 boxes. So I just thought of this when I was putting this report together. Why wouldn't the National Archives pay a visit to the University of Delaware to peruse the contents of those 1,800 boxes? After all, those 1,800 boxes, they belong to the American people anyway. Reckon how many classified documents are contained in those 1,800 boxes and contained there illegally. Just asking. After the Penn Biden Center's funding from China almost tripled, and that's another question, Razor. Why would China, why would anybody in China Why would they give such large donations to any American unless there was some kind of, uh, oh, I don't know, quid pro quo coming back to the donors? After this money, these donations tripled, the university sent an open letter to the Department of Justice calling for an investigation into Chinese espionage within American universities. Would there be a quid pro quo there? Hey, we'll give you about $10 million if you can can help us with the Department of Justice and lobby them to stop choking down on Chinese involvement. In American universities. 
There is reason to believe Chinese espionage at universities warrants more investigation, not less. Why? Well, just listen to what we found out and brought to you today. In February of 2022, Senator Marco Rubio sent a letter to University of Delaware President Dennis Asinus urging University of Delaware to terminate its academic and research partnership with China's Ximen University. Ximen University actively supports Beijing's military-industrial complex and allegedly conspired with Huawei to steal trade secrets from an American semiconductor startup. University of Delaware appears to be still working closely with Ximen University and its personnel. Doing that today. Why? Why would our government allow any foreign government, any foreign entities, take places, prominent places, doing very critical things at universities across the United States that are mostly state colleges? And it mostly has to do with laboratory investigations and research. University of Texas? That's the number one university in the United States that has been doing this for years. And they do it, guess why? Millions of dollars of donations. Much of that money comes from the Chinese Communist Party. The Justice Department, the FBI, and the Special Counsel are under a bunch of pressure that just keeps piling up to scour Biden's records at the University of Delaware for those additional classified materials, 1,800 boxes. Last month, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre dodged when asked if President Biden had any objection to a search of his records at the University of Delaware. Whether the White House objects or not, investigators might also examine the secret China money flowing to both the University of Delaware and the University of Pennsylvania. It's squeezing. It's getting tighter. It's getting tighter. So, on the same note, let's switch gears. Let's go to a hearing that was underway day before yesterday. And it has to do principally with big tech censorship of, I guess, conservative thoughts, speeches, stories, yada, yada, yada. But somehow, it got kind of sideways and it began to talk about Ukraine. And from that, it began to talk about China. And they began to talk about President Biden possibly being conflated because of his personal contact and massive business dollars and cents coming from China. Listen closely. Are you admitting that Joe Biden did get the 
prosecutor in Ukraine fired? Uh, I think it's very clear that Vice President Biden, along with all of our allies in Europe, pressured Ukraine to fire a corrupt prosecutor general who was not charging corruption cases with that would have included potentially Burisma. Corruption with his son's company? Yes. In fact, if what he wanted was the prosecutor general to prosecute corruption, okay. and the allegations that you are making and that the Russians are making, because this is all part of Russian propaganda, is that he, uh, Burisma was corrupt and was... Uh, and Joe Biden was trying to stop an investigation into Burisma, that is categorically false, and there is no evidence of it. There is no evidence of it. Listen, no evidence. Joe Biden would never do anything like that, never did anything like that. And there's no evidence of him having that Ukrainian prosecutor fired. It was a whole bunch of fellow brothers and sisters in governments across Europe that did it. And he had nothing to do with it. And then there's this. I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from... Uh, Yatsenyuk, that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had, they were walking out to the press conference, said, no, nah, I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority, you're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion, I'm going to be leaving here, and I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. He got fired. SOB, he got fired. Same day. Now, put that in the context of what you just heard that Democrat attorney in that hearing say, there's no evidence he had anything to do with the firing. Let me just think about this. That would have been a process that was taking place over a period of time. And it would have all maybe come together a group of those lawmakers go to Ukraine and talk to the Ukrainian president then and put pressure on him to fire this guy. But that's not the way it happened. Joe Biden himself bragged about doing it himself, solo, and it all happened in one day. Victor Shokin is that prosecutor, Poroshenko, was the Ukrainian president at that time. That's who he was meeting with and putting pressure on. And it had to do with firing the prosecutor who was investigating Hunter Biden's company, Burisma Holdings. And Hunter Biden didn't know anything about gas, natural gas or oil or anything like that. He's sitting on the board of Burisma making $60,000 a month, and some reports say $80,000 a month. Why would Joe Biden want that prosecutor to get fired? And, of course, that lawyer said there's no proof that Joe Biden had anything to do with that firing. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. 
Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. My mic went dead. I'm sorry. That prosecutor got fired that day, and it wasn't a bunch of European leaders that were in the room that helped Joe get him fired. It was quid pro quo Joe in his finest. You want something from me? Hey, 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 I need something from you. And here's what I want from you to fire that prosecutor today. If you do that, I've got it. Look here. It's a it's a contract between the United States and the nation of Ukraine for $1 billion, a loan guarantee. What does that mean? It means Ukraine would never pay it back, and the United States would pay it for Ukraine. Son of a bitch. He fired Victor Shokin the same day that Joe Biden quid pro quoed him. You want the money? You got to fire the prosecutor. But Joe Biden didn't personally have anything to do with it. The noose is getting tighter and tighter and tighter. I'm Chad Hall, and I'm here with the first ever Silverado ZR2. This is probably the first time you've seen this truck, but I've been racing a prototype version for over a year. We just inspired this pre-production truck you see behind me. Let's go see what it'll do. Copy. It's got phenomenal power, acceleration, good ground clearance, skid protection, and you've got the Multimatic GSSV shocks. So it's just going to be that much more of a fun truck. You want to go a little faster? Go for it. Copy. It's an amazing truck. You're going to want to get your hands on one. People think unusual circumstances means complicated taxes. But for a TurboTax Live expert like me, it just makes things interesting. So, give us everything you've got. What if I'm a professional gamer with a ton of expenses? If they help drive views, let's talk deductions. What if I'm in a state with no income tax, but my survival videos are viewed in 38 countries? I can help. And if this is a business dinner, save those jerky receipts. An interesting life can mean an even greater refund. You do your thing. We've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. Welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? Hi, can I get a... Uh... Can I get a... Get in the McDonald's. Ooh, can I get a... Uh, can I get a... Yeah, uh, can I get a... Uh... 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 Go, Bubba, go! Uh... 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 Pick me! No, pick me! Hey, can I get a... Uh... Ten-piece chicken McNuggets. And what sauce would you like with that? Uh... Well, here we go. Here we go. I told you we had a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch of wrongdoing going on in our government. And thankfully, because we now have a Republican-controlled House of Representatives, 
we're a little more able to get information. And information like this. Did you know our State Department currently funds and partners with a UK-based think tank? That's no big deal, is it? Well, they're collaborating with some online platforms, and they're collaborating with some online platforms to censor perceived myths and disinformation. That sounds kind of plausible, doesn't it? It's called the Institute for Strategic Dialogue, ISD. It's a British NGO, non-governmental organization, that is styling itself as a research group working in partnership with several online platforms to combat extremism, hatred, and disinformation. However, the organization frequently classifies typical conservative discourse and journalism as hate speech or disinformation. And our State Department is funding it. The State Department awarded the organization a grant in September of 2021. 2021. What happened in 2021? Oh, Joe Biden took office. Nine months later, we give a grant to the ISD to advance the development of promising and innovative technologies against disinformation and propaganda. This all came to a head at the U.S. Paris Tech Challenge. This was an event. It was held in collaboration with the U.S. Embassy Paris, the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, and the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. All of these a bunch of three- and four-letter agencies. And the grant was also won by the Global Disinformation Index, an organization which seeks to demonetize conservative news sites. The State Department confirmed that its Global Engagement Center funded ISD to study Russian disinformation against Wikipedia through a grant to Park Advisors. The department told the Daily News it plays no role in content moderation decisions on social media platforms. Do you believe that? The, the curious thing to me about this whole thing is we don't give the money to the bad players. The State Department didn't cut a check to the bad players. They give a grant to this entity, the ISD. This entity then spends the money and hires outside sources to surreptitiously go to online platforms and stop these conservative platforms from being heard. Additionally, the State Department and ISD partnered to create the Strong Cities Network, a United Nations-affiliated initiative that seeks to combat hate, 
polarization, and extremism. The organization also lists as funders, guess who? Omidar Group, a billionaire Pierre Omidar, and George Soros' Open Society Foundation. Oh, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, along with several European government agencies. Now, all these people, George Soros, Bill and Melinda Gates, Pierre Omidar, these are all, I don't want to call them Democrats because I don't know their party affiliation, but what I do know is they all support anti-freedoms for the citizens in not just the United States, but other countries that these grants are going to restrict the freedoms of Americans and other people. ISD maintains a bunch of partnerships with platforms, and they do it to inform their content moderation decisions, largely regarding extremist and terrorism-related content. Now, that sounds benign. Oh, my gosh. They're out there giving money so they can root out extremist and terrorism-related content on these Internet sites. But they do that, and here is the rule. ISD gets to determine what it calls hate and misinformation. And then these grant-funded entities are required to go after these sites and get them to either take down, block, or stop allowing these disinformation and misinformation items to be published. The organization has a special advisory role with Spotify. And why with Spotify? That's a music source, right? Well, they're doing it to curb misinformation on the audio streaming platform and is tasked with flagging content for YouTube. Let me give you an example. This show, TNN Live, one of the platforms that pick it up and turn it into a podcast and it's on its site for people to listen to and download, is Spotify. TNN Live's one of them. The State Department's partnership with ISD is problematic at best and can possibly be unconstitutional at worst. Taxpayer dollars, U.S. taxpayer dollars, essentially funding the censorship of conservatives under the guise of misinformation shouldn't surprise anybody. Anybody that's followed the Biden administration's assault on the marketplace of ideas and conservative thought and conservatives. While much of ISD's work focuses on various forms of extremism like radical Islam and white supremacy, and those are good things to look into and to give the people truths about this happening. A significant portion involves disinformation and online hate. However, the organization often characterizes staples of conservative discourse as hateful and disinformation. For instance, ISD seems to consider the comparison of abortion to murder as misinformation. 
And so they go after social media platforms for not enforcing their abortion misinformation policies against those claims. Moreover, in a 2022 report on climate disinformation, ISD profiled a form of discourse it labeled delayism, delayism, which accepts as a premise the existence of climate change, but does not, in ISD's view, advocate strong enough or urgent enough policy solutions. They call that, they came up with a name, delayism. Criticism of policies designed to address climate change, such as promotion of electric vehicles, were also included within the disinformation report. In contemporary discussions on what action should be taken, by whom, and how fast, proponents of climate delay would argue for minimal action or no action at all taken by others. They focus attention on the negative social effects of climate policies, and they raise doubt that any type of mitigation is even possible. One of the examples, a Facebook post, from Republican Texas Rep. Dan Crenshaw that warned of the radical obsession with wind and solar as the only clear energy solution and argued instead for nuclear energy and natural gas with carbon capture technology. And so what happened to it? This post blocked to prevent Facebook from tracking you We block Facebook from tracking you when the page loaded. If you unblock this content, Facebook will know your activity. Another example was a meme that compared an electric vehicle to a Flintstone rock car. You remember that? This outlandish form of censorship cannot be allowed to happen in America. Such a simple policy preference related to electric cars being labeled as misinformation. Look, folks, I know this is intricate. This is hard to follow, but that is their number one tool. If they go all the way down to the bottom and give the money there and give the instructions there, but the money is funneled through about four organizations previously, nobody's going to know this is going on or that's what they think, and it takes tons of digging and looking at and analyzing and listening to all of the drivel that's put out in the marketplace to finally all of a sudden slap yourself in the head and say, oh my gosh, it's been there all the time. They are coming after freedom of thought, freedom of speech, freedom of opinions. They're coming after it and they're going to criminalize doing so. ISD also considered misgendering an example of anti-trans hatred in a report on social media discourse that surrounded the participation of men and women's sports. ISD said by urging platforms to take action against posts that misgender trans individuals. That sounds benign. 
but it's not. It's trying to change biological thinking that has existed since human beings have existed. This kind of stuff is happening. I got to be honest with you. If I had a kid right now, today, going to university, a college in the United States of America, the only type of college I would ever let my kid go to would be a Christian university after I asked all the questions about how they structure and deal with free speech. And I would ask the hard questions and get the hard facts in return. Parents, we need to wake up. Grandparents, we need to wake up. Our kids' generation was under assault and still is. But our grandchildren's generation is under attack, an attack that we've never seen before. These people, all of them with deep pockets, They're pulling together in unified methodology to do just what we heard about just now. It's the same kind of thing that Zuckerberg did in the election. You remember? They wanted to impact small election procedures in places like Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania And so they gave millions of dollars and they went to these electoral divisions of these uh, towns and counties. They would help them get infrastructure. They couldn't afford to buy any new voting machines. So they gave grants to do that. And they didn't give it from the Zuckerbergs. It came from not-for-profit NGOs that they established to launder the money, basically, to hide its sources where it came from. And it's been proven in several of these districts in Michigan and Illinois and uh, in Minnesota. They were able to directly impact, impact the votes that were cast and then impact the counting process. It was so horrible and so obvious that Zuckerberg and his wife, they went public with the fact they weren't going to do that anymore. They were not going to use that initiative anymore. And in the 2022 election, it's reported they didn't. You want to change the structure of a country? Change the election process. Control the election process. Then you don't have to worry about trying to get somebody or threatening somebody to do something or not do it after they're elected. You just get the right people elected. And all it takes is a bunch of money. Okay, that's faux pas number two. The Biden family syndicate was number one. This censoring and misinformation stuff is number two. Here's number three. Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa, you know him probably as the oldest U.S. senator still in office today. He's from Iowa, and he's a bulldog. He's the top Republican on the Judiciary Committee. 
He is asking the Department of Defense Office of Inspection General to reopen its investigation. The senator claims that a former DOD official named Sally Donnelly did not disclose a conflict of interest to the DOD Inspector General when it was investigating allegations of ethical misconduct that surrounded a contract which involved billions of American taxpayer dollars. Now listen to this. The Department of Defense OIG published its final report April 13, 2020, and it said, quote, we determined that Ms. Donnelly did not violate any ethical agreements and obligations regarding Office of Government Ethics financial disclosures and did not give preferential treatment to Amazon officials or restrict access to Secretary Mattis for other industry leaders. However, Senator Grassley, he says Donnelly did not disclose to the DOD Inspector General exactly who purchased her consulting firm just before the beginning of her employment at the Department of Defense, which the senator argues was relevant to the Inspector General's investigation and could have affected its findings. Grassley wrote in a letter to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and the DOD Inspector General Sean O'Donnell asking them to reopen the investigation. Quote from the letter, The American people must have confidence that their government isn't plagued by conflicts of interest and that decisions made by government officials are done for the people and their best interest, not the financial interest of government officials. So Grassley presented the new evidence. Listen to this now. Just before she went into the Department of Defense in 2017, and when I say just before, a few days, Donnelly sold her consulting firm, SBD Advisors, according to her publicly available financial disclosure forms. However, Donnelly never revealed on those forms in public reporting exactly who bought her company. Donnelly never told the inspector general who purchased her firm either. So after pressing for the inspector general for the purchase and sale agreement for Donnelly's company, Grassley found out that the inspector general only had a copy with the identity of the the purchaser's name redacted and that the inspector general had argued to him that the identity of the purchaser was not relevant to their investigation. So Grassley said he finally got an unredacted copy of the purchase and sale agreement in October of last year, long after the inspector general ended its investigation. And guess what? It revealed that an entity named VMAP Investor, V-M-A-P, VMAP Investor, LLC, had bought her firm. The AP in VMAP, or the initials of its part owner, Andre Panair, 
Andre Panair grassly argued this would indeed have been relevant to the investigation by the Inspector General. Pinar is not only the CEO and founder of C5 Capital, one of Donnelly's clients, but at the time he was also dating and later married, the Amazon Web Services executive, who was then in charge of the company's bid for the lucrative defense contract, Teresa Carlson. So while Donnelly was serving at the Department of Defense, VMAP would make several payments of $390,000 to her for the purchase of her company. Knowledge of the entity that purchased her firm is relevant and central to the questions of whether a conflict of interest existed and could have substantially affected the protocols required to wall off Sally Donnelly from potential and actual conflicts of interest while she was employed at Department of Defense. I told you, you're going to have to stay with me. The devil's in the details, right? Based on information collected for that investigation, the Inspector General's conclusion concerning her lack of financial connection to C5 appears to be inaccurate. Indeed, two senior C5 officials, including its founder, were involved in the purchase of SBD Advisors LLC, connections that were in place while Donnelly was at Department of Defense and received payments from the sale of her company she never disclosed. No quid pro quo here. Grassley also said the purchase and sell agreement he got showed that Pinar had previously made capital contributions to SBD advisors and had a significant financial interest in the firm, including owning a 20% share. Three years after Pinar signed on behalf of VMAP for the purchase, VMAP changed its name to C5 Holdings USA LLC, which is related to C5 Holdings, the parent company of C5 Capital and other related entities founded by Pinar that were connected to Amazon. Grassley said the other persons involved in creating VMAP was a man named Vincent Mai, the chairman and CEO of a private equity firm named Cranemere, but also an individual owner of C5 Holdings in Luxembourg. Grassley argued the links between Donnelly, Pinar, C5, VMAP, and Amazon were relevant to the Defense Inspector General's investigation, but they weren't even considered. A trove of new DOD emails and documents obtained by the news media in a FOIA lawsuit shed further light on Donnelly's dealings with Pinar, Carlson, and other former clients while she was working as a Defense Department official and worked on matters related to the multi-billion dollar contract. That's the big kahuna in here, the multi-billion dollar contract with the Department of Defense. Now, the defense contract did fall under investigation and was eventually canceled altogether. Although that happened, the Biden administration rebirthed the contract and announced in December 
that Amazon got the contract. (laughs) The contract is even larger than the previous one. $9 billion with, by the way, opportunities for follow-along contracts, in other words, renewals, just keep them rolling over. $9 billion over five years. That can mean billions of dollars for Amazon and a victory for everybody involved in ethical misconduct that set the stage for the $9 billion contract. Wow, wow, wow. The contract, by the way, is named the Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure or more commonly by its cool-sounding acronym, JEDI, J-E-D-I. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to tell you, folks, nobody, nobody should doubt any of this stuff that's being exposed, and it's going to continue to come out. And the only reason it's going to continue to come out is because the House has a majority, even though it's slim, a majority control. The House Republicans do. And so therefore, more and more can come out publicly and legitimately. Although all of this has been known behind the scenes, but you hadn't heard about it. I hadn't heard about it. Is it because we're stupid, too stupid to get it? No. Neither of us, me or you, I know you. I know who you are. If you come here, you're somebody that's hungry for facts. You want to know the good, the bad, and the ugly so you can make a choice, a decision about all these things, how they impact you. What does it mean? This is just another example. They bury it as deep as they can. But the Bible says the love of money is the root of of all evil. All evil. Just because you think something's right doesn't mean it's right. Just because you think something's wrong doesn't mean it's wrong. But always get the truth about right and wrong here at TNN, the Truth News Network. Northern Tool and Equipment. My girlfriend has given me a pet name. I'm afraid to ask. Snuggle Muffin. No, it isn't. And she uses it in public. Okay, so give your girlfriend a pet name she'll hate, like uh, Thunder Chunky. I couldn't do that. I see. Too harsh for Snuggle Muffin. Okay. Drown her out with a 200-mile-per-hour cordless leaf blower. Got it. Here she comes. Hey, Snuggle Muffin. What are you doing, Snuggle Snuggle. I am so out of here. Wait. Come back, Thunder Chunky. There's no problem a little horsepower can't solve. Northern Tool and Equipment. When your cable company keeps you on hold, you get angry. When you get angry, you go blow off steam. When you go blow off steam, accidents happen. When accidents happen, you get an eye patch. When you get an eye patch, people think you're tough. When people think you're tough, people want to see how tough. And when people want to see how tough, you wake up in a roadside ditch. Don't wake up in a roadside ditch. Get rid of cable and upgrade to DirecTV. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Don't ever miss a story or podcast. Get an email link to every new story and podcast by entering your email address on the homepage of truthnewsnet.org. If it's relevant, you'll get it here.
And obviously, this is pretty darn relevant. I don't think anybody can credibly argue that nobody in our government and nobody that's about to get in our government should have the ability to manipulate the system at all, especially when we're talking, in this case, about a $9 billion contract. And, of course, now it belongs, the contract does, to Amazon. Remember what your thoughts are, your opinions are about Amazon and Bezos. I mean, come on now. This is a wealthy multi-billionaire. At one time, he was rated to be the richest man in the world, which he wasn't at the time, but it looked good in Forbes magazine. Of course, the reason he wasn't and isn't is because there are people on the globe that are far more wealthy. But Jeff Bezos in the United States is the big money mover and shaker. And he basically, he bought a contract and he's going to have to, this entity is going to have to provide the goods and services that it was hired to do, sure. But $9 billion of extra cash flow in any company? Come on now. (laughs) That makes an amazing, an amazing difference. So in a hearing over on the other side of Congress, in the Senate, You're going to love this one. A appointed person that had been at multiple hearings uh, regarding her spot that she wanted to fulfill. And she hadn't got that confirmation confirmed yet. In her third appearance before the committee, she got toe-to-toe with Ted Cruz. Listen to this back and forth. Soon, this is your third hearing. That is highly unusual. One of the reasons that you've had third hearing, three hearings, is that in the first hearing, you went through the entire hearing without disclosing the sweetheart settlement concerning Locast. And the entire purpose of the second hearing was when that came to light. You actively misled Ranking Member Wicker when he asked you in writing about the $32 million settlement. You did not correct the record that it was in fact only 2% of that amount, $700,000. You also disclosed at that second hearing that you never notified the White House of this sweetheart deal, even though you signed it literally the day after they announced their intention to nominate you. My question is this, do you think that your failure to disclose the secret deal to this committee and your failure to disclose it to the White House, do you think that reflected poor judgment, yes or no? No, I answered Senator Wicker's question honestly, okay, and I don't advice of so counsel. No, you don't. You don't think it was poor judgment. No, I do not, because right. I was bound right, by I the confidentiality the, the, agreement of the settlement. Uh, with respect, no, you were not. The confidentiality agreement, section six point zero, prohibited you from communicating with the media or the press. The last I checked, the United States Senate is not the media or the press. You had an obligation to answer this body accurately, and you did not. I would note the White House is not the media or the press. And you told this committee you didn't inform the president of it either. Let me move on. You don't think it was poor judgment to mislead this committee or to mislead the president who was nominating you. Let me ask you a second question. Senator, I don't agree that I misled this committee, so I would like to make that. The the, the record is, I believe, abundantly clear. And in fact, I I will be sending out my cross-examination from the last hearing 
where you repeatedly mislead this committee in that hearing. And, and in fact, we'll go ahead and actually put this up. I'll note, I asked, did you disclose to the committee that agreement? I did. Did you disclose the agreement to the committee? I did. Hold on a second. Did you disclose to this committee? Yes or no? I did. You disclosed the $700,000 secret settlement? No. So three times you say I did, and then, oh, no. You did not. You misled this committee, and you also misled the White House. Let me ask you secondly, the 15 months that your nomination has been pending, you've made not one, not two, not three, you've made 12 separate political contributions to senators running for office. I've been in the Senate 10 years. I have never seen a nominee make contributions to senators while your nomination is pending. I've never seen that once. I had my staff search the records. If we could find anyone in the Trump administration who had done that, my staff was unable to find that. You've been a significant political donor over the years, giving over $32,000. You gave, do you believe it was poor judgment to give 12 separate political contributions to Democrat senators while your nomination was pending? Senator, I'm a citizen who just wanted to participate so, so in the yes Democratic or no. process. Do you think the it's poor judgment no. to cut checks to senators who are voting on your nomination while it's pending? No other nominee that we can find has ever done that. Do you think it was poor Relatively judgment? Relatively small donations? No, I don't. It was over $1,000, $32,000 over your life. Well, that's over my life. Well, over $1,000 while your nomination was pending. All right. But not to but, one person. Most oh, of, no, no. They were to a dozen senators, to a dozen different senators, including senators who've been critical of your nomination and senators who have not. You managed to cover the waterboard of Democrats running for office. All right, let's turn to another issue, which is you have been an active supporter of a left-wing activist group called Fight for the Future. And I will say the record of Fight for the Future is really quite remarkable because they have blasted members of this committee on both sides of the aisle. Here's a billboard Fight for the Future put up in West Virginia in 2017 attacking Senator Joe Manchin, a Democrat. The billboard essentially accuses Joe Manchin of being corrupt. Ms. Sohn, do you believe Joe Manchin is corrupt? Absolutely not. You don't? Okay, well, that's interesting. Uh, I will point out, in 2017, Fight for the Future also erected similar billboards accusing Senator Tester and Senator Peters of being corrupt both of whom are members of this committee. I can't recall a nominee who's actively supported efforts to blast members of this committee to run billboards. Senator, may I address that, please? You may. When you say actively, I give every single organization with whom I work on net neutrality $100 contributions at the end of the year. Ms. Sohn, with doesn't respect, mean I agree with, with their tactics. The, the time is limited, and yes, it does, because after they put up the billboards attacking Manchin, Tester, and Peters is corrupt. Afterwards, you sent this tweet. Just made my end-of-year donation to this organization, urging others to do it after they did that. And because the time is limited, I'll note, this group also blasted Marsha Blackburn, Dan Sullivan, and astonishing Roger Wicker, and astonishingly called for Chairwoman Cantwell to be fired. And after each of those, to be removed from cha as chairwoman of this committee, after each of those, you supported it. And in fact, I want to turn to the final point, the Roger Wicker one, where this group protested and said, 
you're buying a senator, and you said you don't support their tactics, I'm going to point out, you tweeted, well done to this radical group who blasted the former ranking member of this committee and saying that his donors were trying to buy a senator. If they were trying to buy a senator, were you trying to buy senators when you made a dozen contributions? Senator, I did not know, number one, that that was about Senator Wicker. Number two, I was criticizing it. It Senator... Senator Roger Wicker, right there. Okay, well... That is literally what you retweeted was his name. That's fine, but I was actually criticizing the donors and not criticizing the senator. Senator Markey. There you go. More of the same. Quid pro quo. No disclosure. Hiding. Why would anybody do that? First of all, why would anybody want someone like that to serve in any office in our government that would be willing to hide and then grossly misrepresent things all about the money? Money, money, money. Now let's switch gears. House Republicans, once again, they now have, the Republicans have control of the majority in the House. They are launching, already have as a matter of fact, an investigation into the origins of COVID-19. And part of that is demanding interviews and documents and a promise to exhaust all means to determine whether our government hid information from all of us on how the pandemic started and whether the federal response was mismanaged. Obviously, in spite of all of the deaths, all of the expense, people still to this day not having jobs, people with horrible adverse reactions to COVID-19 and vaccinations. We just want to know. And we want our government to find out and tell us what's going on and what was happening. And here's who the bad actors were. Their roadmap, just made public, clearly leads to the man who quarterbacked the nation's strategy in our response to COVID-19, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Fauci was alerted early on that COVID-19 had markings of a manipulated virus, yet may have chosen to cover it up instead of blowing the whistle. Now, that's a statement coming from House Oversight Chairman James Comer, Republican from Kentucky. Comer declared as he unveiled this subcommittee that will investigate the pandemic's origins in response and released its first demands for evidence and it's all targeting and will require a massive amount of cooperation from Dr. Anthony Fauci. Comer said, we will continue to follow the facts to find out what could have been done differently to better protect Americans from COVID and hold U.S. government officials that took part in any sort of cover-up, hold them accountable. Comer reiterated his concerns that COVID-19, it came from a lab leak in Wuhan, China, not from a wet market, as some scientists like Fauci claimed from the very beginning. Comer also said he wants to determine whether gain-of-function research, we've told you all about 
gain-of-function research from the beginning. Here's what it is. Here's how it happens. Dangerous viruses are enhanced supposedly to study them. That's part of -of gain-of-function research. And that may have been conducted with U.S. funding at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Now, Fauci has argued that COVID-19 evolved naturally. Him saying that, the U.S. intelligence community said there is also evidence that it was released from a lab leak. Fauci has battled with Republicans, but also made it clear late last year he's willing to testify in a GOP-led inquiry. We're going to see. What you want to bet? He's going to get subpoenaed. He will not come forward voluntarily. And if it ends up a subpoena, he's going to fight it to the nth degree. Comer sent a letter Monday to Fauci. And by the way, Fauci, if you don't remember this, he just recently retired as the head of NIAID, which is a division of the National Institutes of Health. Peter Daszak, he got a letter too. He's the president of EcoHealth Alliance. That's the NGO, non-government organization, and it's a nonprofit that used a National Institute of Health grant to fund bat coronavirus research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Another letter went out to the Director of National Intelligence, Avril Haines, and Health and Human Services Secretary, Javier Becerra. Evidence continues to mount, pointing to the virus leaking from an unsecure lab in Wuhan, Comer said. We know EcoHealth Alliance acts as a middleman and properly funneling thousands of taxpayer dollars to the Wuhan laboratory purposely to conduct risky gain-of-function research on bat coronaviruses, which could have started our pandemic. And it's not just ours, in the entire world. The release announcing the subcommittee's formation included a bunch of hyperlinks to letters previously sent to Oversight Committee Republicans from the last Congress to officials at the Department of Health and Human Services, the National Institutes of Health, and Health and Human Services. The latest letter to Fauci requested a transcribed interview while Haynes was asked for information gathered by our intelligence agencies that were related to both China and COVID-19. Becerra, Javier Becerra, i got to tell you, he's an enigma to me. He's the secretary, the board, Biden board, secretary of health and human services. He's an attorney. He has no medical background whatsoever. How the heck is he qualified to serve in this capacity? Answer, he's not. But he's there. He was asked for records and communications with top health officials, while the letter to Peter Daszak seeks records related to the Wuhan lab and any other Chinese entity engaged in similar COVID research that also communicated with his entity, EcoHealth Alliance. 
Lawmakers in the House, they're homing in on suspicions that top public health officials at NIH, they knew about concerns that the virus had been created, engineered, manipulated, yet they acted deliberately to hide their concerns as the virus just bled worldwide. Comer accused the Chinese Communist Party of orchestrating its own cover-up, one allegedly aided by some of these American officials. U.S. taxpayer dollars were being funneled to the Wuhan lab to conduct risky gain-of-function research on novel bat coronaviruses, and Dr. Fauci was aware of this information at the start of the pandemic, may have acted to conceal the information by intentionally downplaying the lab leak theory. Nobody from any of these institutions that we just gave you the letters and names of, not anybody will return any phone calls from any media outlet. So let me tell you what's going to happen. All of these investigations are going to get but ugly. And if you want to know how ugly but ugly is, next time you get out of the shower, look at yours. It's ugly. I don't know you. <laughs> I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about these people that are up to their eyeballs in corruption. And it is. I'm serious, folks. It's corruption. We haven't even talked. Yesterday, just a little bit. But we haven't even talked about what's going on in these rain, these train derailments and the big one up in Ohio and what it's doing up there. That's not the only one. That's not the only one that's happened in the last few days. We're going to dig into that next. By the way, you're going to want, I know, you're going to want to be uh, able to spread the information, especially the stuff that you heard in the beginning to your friends and family members because it it's so deep and complicated. Unless you hear it in the fashion in which you heard it, it's going to be hard to understand because it's, it's a circle. Every one of them is a circle that always comes back to one thing, money. But using the power of the government to force whatever tools are necessary to get their hands on money. I know that's sad, but it's true. We're going to get to the fire stuff, the toxic burning that's chasing people out of East Palestine, Ohio. And it's killing animals left and right. Yet the Biden administration, they put out an announcement, hey guys, it's safe to go home. We'll do that next. Ladies, we ask your forgiveness. Please forgive our immaturity, our outbursts of tacky compliments. Forgive our browser history. Forgive our hormones taking control of us. Forgive us for thinking an open shirt is the ultimate weapon of appeal. Forgive us for opening our beers like primates. Forgive for taking a no as a yes. For insisting on playing a guitar that doesn't exist. And please forgive us 
for never washing our hands. Ever! Schneider, the beer with the exact maturity of the man who's in the process. Here's the latest traffic report. Looks like miles of trouble-free driving with Napa Auto Parts. Your local Napa Auto Parts dealer in Modesto has a full line of quality parts for your car or truck. Napa Auto Parts keeps America running and Modesto Auto and Truck is ready to keep your vehicle running in tip-top shape for years to come. So if you think your car or truck needs help under the hood, think of Napa Auto Parts at Modesto Auto and Truck Parts, 924 G Street in downtown Modesto, 529-8342. 529-8342. For over 75 years, people have saved money with... Oh, with Geico. Oh, sorry. Here we go, from the top, and action. For over 75 years, people have saved money with Gecko. So Cut it. What? What did I say? Gecko. I said Gecko. Oh. For over 75 years. <laughs> Keep it together. I'm good. I'm good. <clears throat> For over 70. <laughs> what are you doing there? Stop making me laugh. Gecko. Saving people money for over 75 years. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. While some compromise to be nice, others aggressively hold to the truth. Guess which one we are. TNN, the Truth News Network. Going into that break, I started to tell you, give you a suggestion of how to grab a hold of all that information, the factual stuff. You can get it in two ways. You can go to truthnewsnet.org and you can read some of the most recent stories. None of the stories contain these things just like you heard them presented today. Best way, at the end of the show, wait about 10 or 15 minutes and then go back to truthnewsnet.org. There will be today's podcast in its entirety will be at the top of the page. You'll see it with the date. Click on that story and down at the bottom, there's a link where you can get the podcast. You can download it for free. You can share that with your friends and family or people you want to know about it. And by the way, just so you know, we post it there in Google Drive format. So it's not too large to email. And in fact, if you want, just copy the link to it and put that link in a text or an email and all your people will have to do is click on it and bam, they're right at the beginning of it. They'll hear it just like you did. Trying to make it as easy as possible to spread the word. It's important stuff, folks. There are too many bad things happening. Far too many bad things happening. Than to have our government foist on us by their actions and sometimes inactions. Things that really uh, hurt us financially. Hurt us economically. Hurt us socially. And hurt our health. It's really strange that we would even mention that might be at the hands of anybody in our government because our government was founded and for about 260 years has operated as government of the people, government by the people, and government for the people. Sadly, that's not the way it's being operated now. So this train wreck stuff, Listen, you probably don't know about this. I didn't. I looked up the stats. Do you know that around the nation, 
There are train wrecks, derailments that happen every day. And when I say every day, I mean every day. It averages nationwide three of those a day, 365 days out of the year. Wow. Now, why is that? Why don't we we hear about it? We don't hear about the, the ones that happen where a wheel will come off of a car or there'll be a bump with somebody that, couldn't get, they they tried to cross a train crossing and they shouldn't have and they got hit. The serious ones we hear about. But we don't hear about the everyday ones. But we've got some ones going on now that are pretty nasty. Obviously, the biggest one is that one up in Ohio. And there's chemical fires involved with it, which makes it really, really bad. Fish are dying. Chickens are dying. That's a bad sign. Nobody can say otherwise. A freight train derailed there, East Palestine, Ohio, and it launched 50 of the cars it was pulling off the tracks. Among those 50 cars that derailed, 10 of them contained hazardous materials, specifically contained pressurized vinyl chloride, hydrogen chloride, as well as ethyl hexyl acrylate, which are all extremely toxic and carcinogenic chemicals. So due to the potential for a giant uncontrolled explosion, now this was the right thing to do. Governor Mike DeWine did it, but it's sad to think about it. He took a suggestion from the state's emergency management agency and he authorized a controlled burn of those toxic materials. Now, yeah, that solution does stop the scenario of of a giant monstrous explosion with shrapnel flying in all directions. The smoke and the effects of burning this mixture of chemicals is very toxic. So toxic, in fact, that it was used during World War I as a chemical chemical weapon to kill soldiers that were hiding in their foxholes. And i got to be honest with you, this thing, this wreck happened more than a week ago. We didn't hear anything about it. The media didn't cover it. Well, they covered it, but it was more like an afterthought. Another train derailed. This one in Palestine, Ohio, 50 cards were knocked off their tracks, deadly materials contained in some of them. More news coming later. The whole state of Ohio, and it's close to the Pennsylvania border, they're in an uproar. They don't know what to do. And by the way, don't you think that the U.S. Secretary of Transportation should be Johnny on the spot down there? Should be right in the middle of it. I mean, that's a big deal. Pete Buttigieg, he hadn't even thought about going to the site. He's made a few very vague comments about it. But what the heck is going on in our administration? I mean, they don't do anything that they're supposed to be in government to do, like Secretary of Transportation, a massive rail derailment with chemicals all over this little town, and it's killing animals and fish, 
Obviously, things aren't in too good a shape. And guess what? This morning, they put out an email, a mass email, and a little story, like a two-sentence story, saying it's safe to come back now. That, of course, of the people that fled the town because of all these dangerous, disastrous chemicals in the air. That it's pretty bad because it's killing their chickens and their fish. Oh, but it's okay. Don't worry about it. That won't impact you. (laughs) And then there's another one going on. A portion of an Arizona freeway in Tucson was closed in both directions yesterday because of a crash and a hazmat spill. The Arizona Department of Public Safety said the closure on I-10 between Rita and Kolb, Arizona. I've been on it. I know exactly where this is. It's outside Tucson. And these experts are saying it was extensive. And so they've urged motorists to avoid the area. A commercial truck tanker rolled over on the freeway, causing the spill. Pima County officials said the spilled substance is nitric acid. That's some pretty nasty stuff. An alert directed everyone within a mile radius of the spill to shelter in place. The Tucson Fire Department's on the scene with other agencies to clean up the area. No estimated time to reopen the road. Nitric acid, by the way, is a very corrosive chemical that's used in manufacturing and fertilizer. Several areas have been evacuated, officials said yesterday. Authorities have not said if there's any danger to the public other than the nasty nitric acid. Spill came weeks after a train derailed up in Ohio, the one we just talked to you about. We don't hear about these things like everybody I know would believe that we should hear about them. Anyway, let's just switch gears. Let's get away from this. I mean, we're 30 minutes from the end of this show. We haven't gotten very far in covering the things that we want to cover, but one of the big ones, Nikki Haley, former South Carolina governor and also was UN ambassador to the United Nations. She's declared for president. She's going to run against The only other declared candidate right now is Donald Trump, her former boss. She's going to run for president. So Charlie Hurt, you know Charlie. He's on Fox News all the time. And, of course, Larry Kudlow, who has got his own program on Fox Business, they got together to talk about Nikki Haley as a candidate for president. All right. right, Let's sing right through. We're going to talk to Charlie Hurt. Washington Times opinion editor and Fox News uh, contributor, the great Charlie Hurd. So, Charlie, um, Governor Haley, I'm still got flying saucers on my mind. I'm still trying to figure this whole flying saucer thing out. So Nikki Haley's throwing her hat into the ring. That's what I want to ask you. What do you make of it? So, uh, you know, the, I guess the top line is this, you know, it's a reminder that we ha- that Republicans have this embarrassment of riches. Uh, there's so many good candidates out there that I think, uh, and Nikki Haley is one of them, who could easily beat Joe Biden or anybody else that that, uh, Democrats put up. But uh, at the same time, that's kind of also her problem. There is an embarrassment of riches on the Republican side. Um, I don't know that she's the best 
Um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure exactly what her lane is. You know, if her lane is that she just wants to be the alternative to Trump, everybody that gets in is going to be an alternative to Trump. If her lane is that she wants to be big on foreign policy, well, it looks like Mike, Mike Pompeo is going to run. So I don't really understand that one. And it looks like, quite frankly, if Senator Tim Scott gets into the race, she won't even be the only person from South Carolina running. Uh, and then and then you set up a situation in South Carolina where Donald Trump remains very popular. Mm. Um, where she and Tim Scott sort of, uh, you know, split the non-Trump South Carolina vote, and she doesn't even necessarily do all that well in her home state. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what her what her lane is, uh, but uh, but it's a you know I, it, it, it's good because it re is a reminder that all of the action. All of the future is on the Republican side. The Democrat side is death and misery and high gas prices and high grocery prices and just miserable candidates. And flying and saucers. Don't forget. The Republicans don't have for, all. And don't forget the flying, and flying saucers. In fact, I, 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 I know a, what the flying saucers that, are, Larry. That, that is a whole new dimension, the rings of Saturn. There is no telling where this story is going to take us. But I just, <laughs> well, no, go, wait, I just want to ask you one political, a serious political question. In the state of South Carolina, and you touched on this, but I'm going to take a step further. Governor McMaster is for Trump. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham is for Trump. And yes, it looks like Tim Scott, the other senator, is going to run. And so South Carolina is an important primary, among other reasons, it leads right into Florida. So I think um, I don't want to prejudge Nikki Haley. Uh, yes, no, or maybe. I mean, I want a, a thousand flowers to bloom. I just don't see the lane uh, because of exactly. that logjam in South Carolina, which, as you point out, is a key state. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right about that. And uh, and if you are running from, especially a small, a very important state uh, in in the primary sequence, but still a fairly small state, um, if you're if you're running and you can't even like galvanize your own state, mm -hmm. then you have a real problem. Mm -hmm. And and you know, for those of us who want to see Trump uh, do uh, very well, um, he he was smart to sort of line up. Uh, a couple of key supporters in South Carolina in an early state like that um, to, to w where you, it looks like we could wind up, ha he could wind up having two challenges. And let's also not forget, if you have Tim Scott and you have Nikki Haley and you have Mike Pompeo and you have 10 other people trying to run to be as the alternative to Trump, that helps Trump. The more yeah. alternatives to Trump there are out there, it diminishes, all, you know, it, it splits the vote. So uh, you've got Trump and then all the rest. And so I think in a weird way, what she's doing is kind of helping Donald Trump. I think that's exactly what's happening. Everybody that gets in on the Republican side, if Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, I expect him to get in. I don't think he should, but I think he will. And whoever else is out there, they're all running against Trump. Tim Scott, great guy. I love him. He's a great senator. He's got a phenomenal story of overcoming circumstances and getting into the United States Senate. Does a great job while he's there. Nikki Haley, I feel the same way about her. She did a great job in South Carolina and did a good job as UN ambassador. That position, of course, was an appointed position by Donald Trump. I think Mike Pompeo's getting in. Listen, I think everybody that we just mentioned 
would be better, far better than who we have in the White House today. But the only one that has really significant experience in showing the American people what they can and will do if elected president. There's only one that can do that, Donald Trump. Now, here's the deal. There are going to be a lot of people that can't stand the way he talks, can't stand the way he talks down to people, don't like his messaging whatsoever. If you want a smooth, put-together person that just appeals to a lot of people on a personal level, he's not your guy. But if you want a good economy, if you want strength and power in our military, and I'm not just talking about people think it's we're tough again. No, no, no. I'm talking about really doing something. Our military hardware across the board, our readiness is as bad as it's ever been. Trump is the one that really pushed to get this equipment stuff in our military back where it should be on par to stand up in the world and not be worried about being the little guy in the world and people coming after you. That's where we are today, folks. China does not fear the United States of America. And now it's been confirmed China has more nukes than we do. Now, is that a big deal? Well, the big deal about that is China is massively increasing their military infrastructure. Now, why would they be doing that? There's only one reason, to become the number one military in power on the planet. That way, their concept of governing is a little bit different than us. They want to be the biggest bully in the room. They don't want to be the biggest entity in the room so to help everybody out by keeping the bullies from messing with them. China doesn't want to do that. They are the big bully. And they want to stay the big bully. Wow. Now I want to circle back to something. Classified documents. You may not believe what you're about to hear. But do you know, we got all about the Mar-a-Lago Donald Trump documents. We know all about those. We talked about early in the show today at the University of Delaware. Biden's a Delaware guy. He lives there. 1,800 boxes of Joe Biden documents are stored at the University of Delaware. What's in them? Do you think maybe, just maybe, there might be a classified document or two or three in 1,800 boxes of documents. Well, we knew about the University of Penn documents there. We knew about some documents, uh, you know, at one of the houses, Owen, some documents at another house. We knew all about that. Well, classified Biden documents, They're in another place, too. In a 12-hour search by DOJ officials, 
and a disturbing new turn in Biden's document scandal. New reports this morning indicate some of the documents were placed at yet another temporary address, this time in D.C.'s Chinatown neighborhood, before traveling to the Penn Biden think tank in D.C., which, of course, paid Biden $900,000 after the think tank accepted donations, millions, from China. Also, the Daily Mail is reporting that the packing up of the documents at the tail end of Biden's vice presidency were overseen by an aide recommended by first son Hunter Biden. We do not know what she knew about the classified documents. Kathy Chung was ultimately reporting. Uh, we do not know if she was ultimately reporting back to the Chinese Communist Party. Joining me right now with more on the committee's work following these new discoveries is House Oversight and Reform Chairman Congressman James Comer. Mr. Chairman, it's good to have you this morning. Thanks for being here. Good morning. Your reaction to these new discoveries, what do we know about the links between Joe Biden and Communist China in terms of the money paid to the Biden family? Has that dictated the way he treats our number one adversary? Look, I think most Americans would be shocked if they saw how many connections the Biden family has to people directly affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party. It's, it's very startling. And with respect to the documents, Maria, uh, I took the president at his word uh, when the first set of documents were found at the Biden Center for Diplomacy that he had just inadvertently misplaced those documents. But now this has gone from uh, just simply being irresponsible to downright scary. This has all the patterns of an influence peddling scheme. And it also has the makings of a potential cover-up. I mean, you know, five different locations at least. Who knows what those personal attorneys have been doing? And when you look at all the things that our investigation is, is covering with respect to the influence peddling, there's a lot of connections with the CCP directly to both Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden's uncle Jim, and Joe Biden. This is just stunning and clearly has put America in a dangerous position. We know that the CCP wants to overtake the United States as the number one superpower. Can you give us assurances that you're going to get to the bottom of this? We know that they are already stonewalling. They sent a letter to you and your colleagues, Jim Jordan, saying this is an active investigation. We're not going to answer any of your questions. How will you get to the bottom of it? Well, fortunately for, for me, with the influence peddling investigation, we have a lot of people that worked with Hunter Biden that we've been meeting with for many months now. I don't think that's any secret. And, you know, there are a lot of terms that these people say the Bidens use. Uh, like plausible deniability. That's a term that Uncle Jim Biden uses a lot. Uh, and then when you see that there are documents, classified documents, just casually left around in different locations, it's very concerning. I mean, you see the complexity of this influence peddling scheme that the family's been doing for years and years and years. And then we learn Joe Biden, uh, some of those documents were from his time as a U.S. senator. I mean, when Joe Biden was a U.S. senator in 1977, he worked with Republicans to thwart Jimmy Carter's nominee for the CIA director because he had inadvertently taken classified documents home. So when Joe Biden says he has no regrets, I mean, this is very concerning here. Uh, we need to know who had access to those documents because this is an ongoing investigation for influence peddling, and the evidence continues to build that, that this family has not only profited 
off the Biden family name, but also that our national security could be at risk. That's why we need to proceed. We're, we're disappointed that the administration's not working with us on anything. They're stonewalling everything. They're going to try to use the general counsel as an excuse not to provide us information. But fortunately, there are plenty of other sources, and hopefully those bank records will be able to answer a lot of questions that we have. 150 uh, suspicious activity reports as money was transferred to several different accounts that were run by Hunter Biden, as we know from the evidence on the laptop. If they stonewall you, will you hold them in contempt? We'll do everything we can to get the answers. And you mentioned those bank records. You know, the, the amazing thing that we've been able to uh, determine thus far is how many different transactions into different accounts and how many different LLCs that Hunter Biden had that he was doing, quote, consulting work for other people who were getting million-dollar payments directly from the CCP into their account. I mean, this isn't uh, the most complex uh, investigation on the planet. You know, uh, investigating Hunter, the Biden family is about like tracking a bleeding bear through a snowstorm. I mean, there's evidence everywhere that well, would point out that this family— has he been involved in the influence peddling scheme for decades? And this is very concerning. And I think that, that the American people are getting a taste of this with the fact that these documents were strode in so many different locations. Does anyone believe that those classified documents, when they left the vice president's office, they just took them to multiple locations all over the, the East Coast? Yeah. It has the appearance that someone would have taken them and moved them around. I mean, this is very concerning. Hopefully the, the Secret Service is going to work with us. We're requesting tomorrow formally uh, any type of correspondence, any type of emails, any type of documentation that would help us determine who actually had access to those documents. And hopefully the Secret Service will work with us, despite the fact that this White House is not. So just to be clear, you are sending letters tomorrow morning, formal letters to the Secret Service to request information on who had information about those documents. And we just showed a picture of the diamond, 3.2 carat diamond that Hunter Biden accepted from Chinese officials. This we know from the laptop. We know that there is uh, there are ways to hide wealth in diamonds because you don't have to put it in a will. You don't have to pay taxes. You just give it to somebody else. He accepted this diamond. Uh, what powers are left to combat this? Look, you know, we, we know a lot more about the diamond uh, than I, I need to talk about right now. You know, that diamond was given to Hunter at about the time these documents were being transported to different locations. It's very concerning. You know, two ways the Chinese try to uh, uh, launder money into the United States are through the art world and through diamonds. Do you see a connection here, Maria? I mean, this is very concerning. And I, I think the good thing for, for our investigation uh, with respect to how the mainstream media is covering this, the mainstream media can, can sit there and look at Jean-Pierre and tell that she's not being truthful with the American people. They had that Ian Sams come up yesterday and had a press conference, and he talked about everything but the fact that they had found additional low, uh, documents. And why didn't he say that at that press conference? He has no credibility. The White House isn't being truthful with the American people. We need to know now who had access to those documents because our national security could be at risk. Well, I... This is, is this treason? 
it's it's very concerning. Uh, we're not going to let up. I think that uh, we've got plenty of information to move forward. Uh, this would be a lot easier if the White House would work with us. Okay. But not only are they stonewalling our investigation, you know, they're, they're constantly, if you watch that press conference with the, the Eon Sam, yeah. who's the guy they brought in to, to fight back against the investigators, which is preposterous because this is the oversight committee. We're supposed to provide oversight to That's the federal right. government and the executive branch. Uh, you know, it's nothing but, but slurs. You know, they need to work with us. The American people can yes. see through this. The media is starting to see CNN, CBS, other mainstream media outlets. They yeah. need to work with us to get answers because, again, our national security could be at risk. Mr. Chairman, thank you. We'll keep a spotlight on it. Uh, James Comer. James Comer, Kentucky Republican congressman, House Oversight Committee chairman. He's on this. He's not going to let it go, and he made it very clear. I love the illustration. The Bidens haven't even tried to hide any of their wrongdoing. They've left a trail like a bear in a snowstorm, (laughs) a trail of blood. Yeah, there's a lot out there that, to be honest with you, you can look at it yourselves. You can find it yourselves. It's like they really don't think that if they're caught, they're going to have to pay a price. And that concerns me. That's the big concern for me, that we have an environment in government where you can do these things and you're not going to be held accountable for it. It's like our kids. We don't let them just go nuts. Real truth, real news, TNN, the Truth News Network. The world tells you to wait that waiting is polite and good things will just come. But if I waited to be invited in, I never would have stood out. If I waited for change to happen, I never would have made a difference. So make the first move. Don't wait to be told your place. Take it. Don't wait for people to find you. Find them. In work, in love, in life. And most of all, don't wait to be given power because here's what they won't tell you. We already have it. Whether holding down the fort or bouncing back to school, childhood is always in session. So keep feeding us right with sun-made snacks, just like when you were a kid. Remember their naturally sweet raisins? Yup, still delicious. And so are Sunmate's other snacks, like creamy yogurt-covered raisins, sour raisin snacks that taste like sour candy with no added sugar, and Sunmate's new s'mores and birthday cake bites. All delicious, all made with whole fruit. Sunmade snacks. Wendy's famous 4 for 4 is heating up with the new spicy crispy chicken sandwich. The queen of spice is delivering that spicy chicken you love with lettuce and mayo between two deliciously soft buns. And yes, in classic 4 for 4 fashion, you can get all that spicy goodness with spicy or crispy nuggets, fries, and a drink to cool off, all for just 4 bucks. Is it getting hot in here? Or did Wendy's just deliver the hottest deal in fast food? We got you. Offer includes four-piece nuggets, junior frying value drink. Price participation may vary.
know, I'm sitting here and thinking about the wrongdoing that's happening at the White House and has been happening in the wake of Joe Biden everywhere he's been in politics, the people that have been impacted negatively, and the people that the Biden family syndicate has taken advantage of. It's, it's just incredible that it's been allowed all this time to continue to happen. But then I started thinking about it. You know, somebody that would do this and suborn it, in other words, create the environment for it to exist, has got to just be in some position mentally and emotionally where they just don't care. They're bulletproof, or at least they think they are. And the big key to me about that is what Biden, it's not so much what he is doing, it's what he's not doing. Border Patrol agents assigned to the five Texas-based border sectors, they apprehended right at 500,000 migrants who crossed the border from Mexico into those three border regions since October 1st of 2022. That's a 64% of all migrant crossings along the entire southwest border with Mexico. The actual number is 485,000. That does not include, that doesn't include people that came in the official ports of entry and did it the right way. These are the people they apprehended. Agents assigned to the El Paso, the Big Bend, the Del Rio, the Laredo, and the Rio Grande Valley sectors, the number they apprehended, 484,527. That's a big deal. This is up from the same time, fiscal year 22, when agents encountered 400,000. While the Texas-based border sectors experienced the biggest increase in migrant apprehensions, three of the five sectors actually reported decreases. The two remaining sectors made up from these decreases, however, and reported very consequential increases. The largest increase, El Paso. Both the number of apprehensions and the percentage of increases El Paso agents, their numbers, 192,329. That's in four months. Four months. This is up by 187% from the same period last year when agents apprehended only 67,000. Only 67,000. Think about that. The Del Rio sector also reported a significant increase in apprehensions as agents took 171,017 migrants into custody after they crossed from Mexico during the four-month period. That's up from 122,000 during the same period last year, a 40% increase. Rio Grande Valley, Laredo, and Big Ben all reported decreases in apprehensions, ranging from 41 to 60%. The biggest decrease in terms of the number came in Rio Grande Valley sector where agents apprehended just 167,461 last year, but only 99,172 this year. That's a 41% decrease. 
Now, the reason I'm bringing this up and giving you these numbers, it's, it's very obvious, no question, very obvious that this president believes in and wants and is demanding and is providing solely on his own volition a borderless United States of America. There's no reason not to come in illegally. And to do that, this man and the people that work for him directly, that would be the Secretary of Homeland Security, which is Alejandro Mayorkas, along with Joe Biden, along with anybody else in the Biden administration that is for this, that is promoting this, open up the borders, let everybody in that wants to come in, just feed them, clothe them, give them medical treatment, transport them, give them a place to live on the American taxpayer dollars. And oh, by the way, a bunch of these that are coming in, go take these low-level jobs that right now legal Americans and many of those are legal immigrants are taking. You go ahead and go get those jobs. It all stems from one thing and one thing only. What would that be? A refusal, a rejection of supporting the rule of law, the U.S. Constitution, and all the federal immigration laws that were duly passed. That's Joe Biden, folks. That's Joe Biden. And nobody can credibly say that's not true. Ah, that's an end of the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Wow. Gosh, half the week's already gone. You have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow morning at TNN Live.